Okay, normally normally this would be where the the soundtrack comes in, but I was in a bit of a rush and you know, I I got it, uh but <laughs> it got left behind. <laughs> good stuff. Very good stuff. Although I guess we'll be playing the actual, you know, the the listeners will have heard the actual audio, so will they have or would you leave me like this? <laughs> I mean, that might yeah, be funny. That could be funny, yeah, if we just started off like this. All right, start it off. Yeah, just... Uh, welcome to Cricket Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Domastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello, how are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. So, you, you gotta you gotta be ready, you know? Ready for what? Um, The apocalypse, presumably. Cause yeah? Because it could fucking happen at any time. <laughs> literally any time yeah or specifically i guess the rapture um okay so so i guess we should intro- introduce the film that we're going to talk about here i thought is... i thought this was a bit that you had no i have nothing oh i, th- I thought that's what you were doing no 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 i was just because that soundtrack screaming. thing that was my bit yeah yeah no i was just saying be ready because uh that's one of the lines in the film okay um that we're doing today yeah, yeah, we're doing the uh, the classic uh, Nicolas Cage film, Left Behind. <laughs> Is this a classic Nicolas Cage film? I hadn't heard. I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty bad. I have I had never heard of this film prior to us picking it. Um, Maybe that's for the best. Probably for the best. So we we picked this film because we wanted to do a specifically bad movie. Um, yeah, because. I don't know. We had so much fun doing the last bad movie. Yeah, exactly. So, but we accidentally um, stumbled into a massive franchise in our uh, in our uh, <laughs> our plan here. But uh, do you want to explain how we uh, how we stumbled across this film? How we came to choose this? Yeah. Okay. Film? Basically, I was showing you a uh, a video by a uh, number file, which is basically the internet's premier resource for. Uh, Popular mathematics, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> Popular um, mathematics. Uh, and um, uh, this, the video was entitled "Does Hollywood Ruin Books?" and it was presented by uh, Hannah Fry. Uh, very and, interesting video. Yeah, very interesting video. But uh, she has this graph in it um, where she shows uh, the average like score on Goodreads of every book that she has in her database that's been turned into a movie. Versus the Metacritic score of every uh, every movie on there that's adapted from a book, and basically yeah. the conclusion is that in general, um, Hollywood does not tend to make books that are worse than the film. Sorry, films that are worse than the book. However, yeah. there are outliers, there and, are and the reason for this is the reason why this perception exists is because of a statistical fallacy that is explained in the video, but. You can go watch that if you want. Yeah, that's slightly that. beside anyway, the point. <laughs> yeah, that's but... beside the point. But anyway, we decided to look at the outliers on this. So graph. yeah, this is like statistically a bad movie and a bad book. Well, th- it, that's how it's rated on on Metacritic and yeah, yeah, ratings, yeah, right? yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's normalized based on... for yeah. But anyway, uh, some of the films that we thought about uh, were uh, Battlefield Earth, which is yep. I. Way far out there on uh, terrible, terrible books and terrible movies. Yeah, that was by far the worst one. So I think we were quite like, oh, uh, it was the most like 
uh, isolated one on the on the chart. So I think we're definitely yeah. both drawn to well, that one. There's first. also this film Taking Lives, which we didn't look into, but uh, I that think was I, like, more of a bad the... book that right. I guess is also a bad movie. But but yeah. in terms of like bad film, yeah, Left Behind and Battlefield Earth are right at the bottom. Yeah. So, but we didn't want to do Battlefield Earth just because various reasons yeah well you know there's a lot of if you look into that movie there's there's some rabbit holes that you could really fall down which honestly i did not i kind of you know (laughs) fucked myself because this movie also has like fucking rabbit holes that i fell down as well so that i did not expect to fall down at all so but anyway that's uh pretty interesting this film as we alluded to is based on a book uh which has a below average Goodreads score. <laughs> what is its and, Goodreads score? Do you know? Do you have it? Uh, I don't actually know because I'm looking at the 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 Z score here, which is normalized. Right. So right, I can right. go on Goodreads and find out what it is, though. If you want me to find out. So this film left behind. So, it, like I said, it's a right, uh, fucking rabbit hole because this movie is a reboot of a film series. 3.84 out of uh, 5, which is on the lower end of... It's in the bottom half of Goodreads scores. Yeah, yeah. D- like, when you weight Goodreads scores, that's yeah, a so bad like, one. Exactly. Over half of the... More than half of the books are rated higher than this, basically, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, so, yeah, it was based on a, 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 a reboot of a film series, and this film series was based on a book series... And that book series was loosely based on a different film series, which oh, I didn't course, even know there was another film series was which was based on the Bible, of course. Um, uh, yeah, loosely based. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So I guess before we we've got a lot to talk about this episode. Like, uh, we'll see how far we get because this, like I said, there's so many fucking rabbit holes and like various little fucking things we can talk about um but we're gonna do the five minute summary as we always do and then we're yeah. gonna just kind of talk about uh, the basic it's facts your turn this week and i'm and this this is a really easy film to do in terms of the summary i actually think i don't know nothing like, happens in this movie i guess like, there's a lot of little think about details. it like it's a lot of little details it's but a they're fucking two-hour movie i know exactly anyway so, um so so why don't you just you go through it? I'll put on the timer here. Sorry, okay, all right. Second. Just let me let me know you have, when let you're me, you have my stopwatch when you're starting. Here. Yeah, starting now. Okay, so you've got a uh, a, a university student uh, from UCA. I don't know where that is. Um, she's uh, 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 she's flying back home. I believe it's New York. She's in New York somewhere in New York. I don't know. Um, and she's going home to surprise her father for his birthday because it's his birthday and her father's a, 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 a pilot and I think things have been tense is kind of the implication. Um, so she calls up her mother and it turns out her father is actually not at home. He had to, quote, uh, 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 go to work um, unexpectedly on his birthday. Uh, so that's that's a bit, a bit strange. Um, so... Then he's a pilot. She, he's a pilot. So she's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna fucking wait here at the airport for him because this is where he works, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see him. 
Um, so while she's waiting, she she meets this uh, uh, strapping uh, 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 man who is a photojournalist named Cameron Buck Williams. Uh, um, and she meets him when he's being, like, harassed by a, like, uh, 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 evangelical lady. Uh, f- I forget for some reason. She's just saying something about, like, all the things that he's covering is, like, you know, uh, the harbinger of the apocalypse or whatever. And then, like, you know, Chloe comes in and, like, fucking shuts her down and is, like calls her a wacko and then you know we learn that chloe's mom uh, is also like going down this road you know she's recently become a a super hardcore evangelical uh christian and this is you know causing a lot of tension specifically with chloe who's like you know not into all that and and her father she thinks that their parents are gonna are gonna uh, a divorce um, anyway, so now we meet Rafer. We, we we meet her father, who it, it seems like is cheating on his mother with a immediately with a, a um a flight attendant. So then they get on. Uh, he they meet. They have a conversation. Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. Uh, they get on a play uh, a plane to London. Uh, Cameron Buck Williams gets on the flight. So flight. So now we have uh Buck and Nick Cage on a flight together to London. Chloe goes home. She takes her brother to the mall, and then all of a sudden there's a moment where it's like poof, bang, boom, really bad uh, special effects, and a bunch of people disappear, just vanish, and all their clothes are left behind. So obviously, because like, you know, uh, like, uh, I don't know, however many people have just vanished off the face of the earth like chaos ensues. I don't know like, like how much chaos would ensue versus what they showed but like you know chaos really uh, uh reigned for a while and especially on the plane they were at each other's throats um it was it was not not great um and then what happens then um three minutes left sorry three minutes gone two minutes left okay so then then uh uh uh, uh Chloe is like on the ground really you know she's just going through the world just like really having a bad time you know meeting all the like non-Christians and like how bad shit's going on since all the Christians left and uh, uh um so then she's like oh my god my mother w- wasn't crazy you know my mother was 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 she wasn't a wacko she's uh She's a, a good one. Um, so so she is like, oh, gosh darn, I should have been nicer to my evangelical mother. So she climbs to the top of a bridge to kill herself. And then just as she gets to the top of a bridge, she gets a call from uh, her father and Buck, who are in the plane, which has no landing gear, and no, or it does have landing gear, but it has no fuel, and it's going to crash because it has no uh, 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 wing thingies to, like, make it stop easy. And then elevators. there's no, yeah, no elevators. And then there's no fucking uh, 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 runway either because it's chaos because all the Christians are gone. So they have to find a, a new place to land. So Chloe finds, like, finds a, 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 a runway uh, it, like somewhere outside of town and like starts a big gas fire um, in order to help the plane land. And then it's a super stressful scene where the plane lands. It's a pretty hardcore scene, actually pretty good uh, plane, plane crash scene. Um, and then they fucking, uh, 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 they all get out and they're like, man, like gosh, darn, this was uh, that was a, uh, 
this is I'm glad this is done and Chloe looks up at the at the burning New York City and she's like it's just begun alright there you go that was five minutes fuck yeah yeah I mean yeah, you rushed you rushed over at the end but uh, you know you got it uh, you got it done I kind of lost myself in that first bit and then forgot where that there's I had yeah. so much left to go but I mean, I think essentially is a bunch of people disappear and then a plane doesn't crash. That's those are the two events. Yeah, a plane. Essentially, that's all yeah. that happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like a bunch of people disappear. Uh, Chloe walks to a bridge to kill her. Goes home and then goes to a bridge and a plane almost crashes and that's it. Um, yeah. So also, I want to I want to correct something that you said. You what said it, it was all the all the Christians that disappeared, but it, it was more specific than that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was like only, well, it what? was only the ones who truly believed. Yeah, it was like the it was because the, the tr- preacher didn't the preacher didn't disappear. Right, exactly. It wasn't <laughs> enough to just be Christian. You had to be a true believer. Yeah, faith um, alone. Exactly. This is different. It's like you know, that's that's why you know if you're just a fake old Christian, you're not, you're, o- you're only faith can save you. Is is, is what they're saying. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, some initial thoughts. Why don't uh, Why don't you start her off? Okay. Uh, so, initial thoughts. Uh, you ever been watching a movie and then, like, in the first five minutes, you just know what you're in for? Uh, and it's yeah. It's just, it's just bad. It just feels wrong. Like it just <laughs> feels like somebody didn't know what they were doing when they put this together. Yeah. Like all the performances are just so weird yeah yeah this movie absolutely fucking had that like i even like totally in the first five minutes you knew what you were in for but even i would argue in the first like opening scene you knew it was like not a well done production just because it was like the way it transitioned from the from the uh uh uh, uh, uh like producers the production companies into the uh into the title <laughs> credits mm. was like so sloppy and the editing was just like really like choppily. It was not good. <laughs> yeah. Like the other thing I, I want it's like this movie doesn't have like, you know, there are no secrets that are revealed or anything. No. Yeah. This like movie the one is thing just... is like, it's the rapture, but you already knew that. Cause that was in the summary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that exactly. Was in the synopsis. Right. Uh, yeah. That's the based on the, like the title of the film is left behind. Like, yeah. Um, so there's almost no point in watching the film. Oh, really? There's almost there is almost no point in watching the film. That's a very good way of putting it. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, the only redeeming thing about this film really is Nick Cage. That is literally the only redeeming thing about it. Honestly, this movie is was only entertaining because Nick Cage was in it. Like, and he and, he even seemed like he phoned it in a little bit. Oh, of course he did. Did you see what? Like, <laughs> come on, like. Like, maybe we'll talk about it more. Like, I'll look into it more. But I've, like, uh, as it stands now, I've, like, the rumors that I've heard is that Nick Cage was, like, in a lot of, like, tax debt um, for a while, which is why he, like, basically just took every role he could. And that's just why I've heard that, you know, Nick Cage was in from, like, 2006 to, like, 2016. He was in, like, 2,000 horrible movies. Right. Because he was just taking... The budget, budget for this movie was only $16 million. I'm yeah, uh, I guess he would just had to be in a lot of movies to get to get paid. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he yeah. Just so, fucking, but he yes, was in yes, tax yes, debt. Yes, yes, 
He's a tax debt after he blew all that money on um, Action Comics. Uh, yeah, and that's Superman like dad. we'll. I'll look into that for next episode. I think a little bit just because like I don't want to just be spreading that as a rumor if it's not totally true. So, what tax debt? Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Okay, I, but he did just, spend like a million dollars on a Superman comic. Yeah, yeah, he did. He 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 did some frivolous spending. He also like had like a bunch of properties and like got arrested in in New Orleans. But we're anyway. We'll talk. We'll save the Nick Cage talk for later because, like, there's yeah. that's honestly not even the yeah thing to talk but no, about this, with this, this movie. This film just has like no artistry to it. No, like this <laughs> just movie is so bad. This movie is an agenda. Like, like I can't basically, even... the 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 scene where she was at the top of the bridge, um, for me was the moment I realized this is like you know this is the evangelical people who made that. This is them being like. Look how sorry you'll all be when it happens. <laughs> well, that's like, the weird thing, though. Like, apparently, I looked in, like, was looking into this. Evangelical Christians hated this movie. Well, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> a, there's a, uh, uh, it's interesting. We'll talk about the the reception uh, a little bit next. Nobody episode, likes sure. this movie. Yeah, even the people that ostensibly it existed to please. Yeah, yeah. Well, because there's, there's a reason it's forgotten. Okay. Um, but yeah, so let's let's just uh dive into the basic facts. Right. Um so directed by the legendary Vic Armstrong, which is hilarious that it's a le- a tr- an absolute true legend is directing yeah. this film and yet it's this he's, film. He's, he's he's definitely a legend, but he's not a legend for directing. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, that's the caveat. Like, that's the caveat there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's a a famed stuntman, I believe. Stuntman, stunt coordinator, done a lot of shit. Like, yeah, uh, he's famous. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not famously, but he was uh, the stunt. He was a stunt double for Harrison Ford for a long time. Yeah, he did all the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, and some Star Wars too. And some Star Wars, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He he's. I, I was reading that he's like credited as the Guinness Book of World Records like uh most prolific stunt double. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. So, so yeah, but he's yeah, a, he's he's, he's worked legend. on like a ton of films like uh, also as stunt coordinator that uh you know have awesome stunts in them. Yeah, and you know like that's that that shows through in this movie. Like that's kind of the, the action in this movie was not too bad. <laughs> Yeah, the action that was in it. <laughs> a yeah, lot of yeah. it's just a bunch of people sitting on a plane. Yeah, a lot of it is people just sitting on a plane, and a lot of it is just like people running chaotically um, yeah. into each other. But like, there was like two explosions, and then the plane crash itself, which I imagine those that, that was the whole budget. Like Nick Cage, yeah. the plane Nick crash, Cage, yeah, and those two explosions. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So there's. I don't know who else. Is, oh, oh yeah, Chad Michael Murray. I mentioned is in it, so he's probably the only other truly notable <laughs> person, right? Uh, I mean, I didn't recognize any of these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this was a, this is a low budget, like fairly low budget film. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Nick Cage, like, Chad Michael Murray. The only thing that made it notable was that it was that Nick Cage was in it. Yeah, exactly. I doubt we would be talking about it if Nick Cage wasn't in it right now. 
Yeah. Um, so, it yeah, as you said, it, it, the budget was sixteen million dollars. It, it it pulled in twenty seven point four million. So, on the know. on the strength of Nick Cage's name alone, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But like, there you go. So I'm sure. <laughs> Those production companies were happy about it. Okay, here's the here's the secret to making money in Hollywood. Like, uh, hire Nick oh, yeah, Cage yeah, yeah. Yeah, and okay. spend as little as possible on the rest of the movie. That's true. That is honestly, like, the formula for success. Like, I, just I mean, wanna, like, you, will, you will probably not be able to run that strategy forever. There's probably a limit to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to, like, find... You'll probably have to like move on to another, you know, Nick Cage eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, so should we talk about like the background because it's like very confusing and it's gonna take. Yeah. Us a while. So, <laughs> are, we, are you gonna get into the book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get into all the background stuff because it's yeah. all weird and it's all strange and uh, yeah. So as I mentioned, um, this movie is based. On it's a reboot of a film series, um, and the film series, which I believe had three films with a fourth plan that was never made. Uh, we'll which talk didn't about have those Nick a bit. Cage in them. We'll talk about yeah, yeah. They did not. We'll talk That's about those why more. I've never heard of them. Later. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry. Those I'm talking about the uh, the original film series. I believe there were there were definitely sequels planned for this reboot. Um, right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, but the no, I'm ones... saying the original film series didn't have Nick Cage in it, so that's why I never heard of it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So this film series, as I said, is based on a a, a book series from the uh, um, early '90s, I believe. Um, okay. It's a a book series that honestly has a fucking incomprehensible timeline. Like, um, and what I mean by that is that. The publishing order and the chronological order is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. So it's not linear, though? No, it's not linear. So the first published book is the fourth in the series. There were, so, like, I believe, this, so the, let's see how many books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen books. Uh, between nineteen, oh no, I was I was right originally. Uh, between nineteen ninety five and two thousand and seven, so actually after the original series were were made, but um, that's not that important. Um, so this actual this book series was based on a uh, a, a, a film series from the late seventies. Well, I, I say based, but it was more. They they said inspired, but when I looked into it, I used the word based. Okay, what was the film series called? The film series was called um, A Thief in the Night. So the film series honestly sounds fucking sick. Yeah? And I think I'm going to try and seek it out and watch it. Um, but it also seems kind of incomprehensible. Like, okay. I, I just glanced through the plot, and over the four film series, there are flashbacks within flashbacks and several times the plot does a 180 because everything was a dream and wow. it's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on but yeah so that the thing the kind of main difference here is like the main character in this series like isn't as like radically quote unquote radic- radically liberal as Chloe is I don't even think um, she is really that radically liberal in this film 
That's why I say quote unquote because she's, she's somewhat skeptical of her mother. <laughs> yeah, she just thinks her mother's being a quote wacko. <laughs> well, she described the other lady as a wacko, and then yeah, said her mom was also being like that. But yeah, so the or- the original uh, uh, character that Chloe's based off of um, is a Christian who goes to church and she reads the Bible. But as you say, she's just not Christian enough. She's not she doesn't have the faith. Exactly. Um, so you know, what is interesting between the um, uh, um, the film series and the book series is that uh, um, I think the book and the f- like the, this series, the uh, A Thief in the Night, has a lot more in common with the book series than it does with this film. Okay. But it, because it's all, but it's all based off of like the idea of the moments after the rapture, right? Yeah. This, but the film series is like the rapture happens. It, there's no airplane, but there is. It's followed by kind of this whole bizarre follow up. Which includes a glo- a globalist movement, um, led by the UN, and then they force people to receive the mark of the beast. It's really fucking weird, man. And then, they, but this is all beside the point. <laughs> okay. Like I said, because this is just the weird film series that I want to read now. Um, you want to read the film series? Or sorry, I want to watch the film series. I don't want to read the book series. The book series sounds like trash. Um, okay. So let's get into the book series because this is weird as shit as well. Okay. Oh yeah, I would, I forgot to mention just about that film series. The fourth unmade film was gonna involve like, like post-apocalyptic zombies, but Pretty they never dope. made it. Yeah, like that's kind of like it was a good good uh, trajectory for that that series. But the book series is kind of created and co-written. Um, by one of the most powerful evangelical political voices. I don't, maybe not evangelical might be the wrong word, but he's like conservative Christian, like to the har- highest order. Okay. Um, a, a guy named Tim uh, Leahy. Is that how you say that? Leahy? I would say Lahey, but I don't know. Lahey? L-A-H-A-Y-E. Let's say Lahey. Um, yeah. So Tim Lahey. So... You know, people who have studied politics probably know who he is. Um, I but don't. <laughs> yeah, well, because he's, he's kind of like one of those, like, shadow figures, you know? Like, he okay. never really, like, held office, but he was, like, a lobbyist, and he created a lot of, like, think tanks. Um, he was a good buddy of Jerry Falwell Sr. Um, and helped found uh, 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 the CNP, which, uh, you know, did a lot of... Reagan's um, more conservative policies. Okay. He also founded the uh, the American Coalition for Traditional Values, which I looked into, and that's an American conservative Christian organization founded to oppose LGBT rights in California. So that's good stuff. So he's clearly a great guy. Um, I say with sarcasm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you never he wrote know. some some great books, right? Yeah, he wrote some. He wrote sixteen great, <laughs> fantastic books. So this this is fucking hilarious. Like his idea for this book came when he was on an airplane, and he saw a a a pilot who he assumed was married. I guess because he saw a wedding ring. Um, right. 
he saw this pilot flirting with a flight attendant and he was like, oh, the shame. What would happen to him if the rapture happened right now? And then he, he was like, would, oh. he would have to land the plane. <laughs> exactly. He was like, oh. So he ran home and scribbled down a bunch of notes. Um, and he's like, this has to be a book. Um, so I, I guess he, he goes to, I assume he goes to like some sort of, you know, Christian publishing company. Um, and they get sort of like this kind of, not exactly a ghostwriter, but more like a professional co-writer, a guy named Jerry B. Jenkins. Mm-hmm. He is kind of, he's like a former like sports writer. Um, and then he started just like, you know, co-writing books. He did like 16 biographies, you know, how people like have uh, people help them write their biographies a lot of the time because like, yeah. you know, they're, you know, they're leave on writers. helm and don't know how to write a book. Um, I feel like most people don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to write a book. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, he wrote the first Left Behind book, this guy Jenkins, based on uh, uh, the like a series of extensive notes from LaHaye. Um, right. So, LaHaye's like airplane scribbles. Yeah. So this book is an, it's an Islamophobic anti-Catholic book titled Left Behind, a novel of the Earth's last days. Um, it was described as, quote, an attack on Judaism and liberal sec- secularism and being, quote, lip-licking, and, or sorry, and being in, quote, lip-licking anticipation of all the blood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which honestly, like, is a little watered down in the film, but I totally read that. It just seems like, it just shrieked to me, like, like I said earlier, like, they'll all be sorry when it happens. Exactly, You'll all be exactly. sorry. You'll all be sorry, yeah. He <laughs> was like, okay. But yeah, these books kind of have a, a pretty ambitious plot. Like, Yeah, which uh, the film does not in any way. <laughs> like, no, they, once again, I said nothing happens in the movies. In the movie. Like, and I don't know, like maybe they were planning on including some of these details in future films, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they just thought it was just too complicated. But yeah, yeah, the the the, the book involves uh, another, you know, uh, like I said earlier with the film series. There's um, kind of a globalist movement that's run by the Antichrist, who is like a Romanian politician. Um, okay. it, it's really weird. But basically, the point is, it's all the, the the basic details. How it starts, you know, is all the same in the film. You know, like the plane and the the relationships. Mm-hmm. All the details are the same. <laughs> um, but you know, Jerry Falwell Senior. He loved this book. Do you want to he- read read what he said about it? He said, in terms of its impact on Christianity, it's probably greater than any other book in modern times outside the Bible. That's a <laughs> that's a bold claim, Jerry. That's a that's the one of the most that's fucking intense thing to say about this book. Kind of yeah. makes me want to read it. <laughs> I mean, baby, probably not though. <laughs> no, it's definitely not worth it. Definitely not worth the time. Um, so, how did this book series get turned into the movie series? It was shockingly not maybe not perhaps not shockingly, but. It was extremely successful, allegedly, like reportedly selling 65 million copies. Um, and a couple of Canadians really liked them. Yeah. 
this is where the CanCon comes in. Do we have a CanCon right. theme song? CanCon theme song? No. Uh, it should be the theme song for the Great White North. Yeah, right. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, let's not let's not go on that tangent right now. But that that yeah, whole yeah. segment was created because of GanCon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two so two Canadian two Canadian brothers, they fucking loved the books. So they had just started a production company called Cloud Ten Productions. Um one higher than Cloud Nine. Goes one higher. <laughs> They the production company was based in St. Catharines, Ontario, so very close to us right now. Yeah. And Cloud not Cloud sorry, Cloud Ten Productions. Um they specialized in apocalypse Christian films. Um with their recent films being Apocalypse, followed by Apocalypse Two, Revelation, and finally Apocalypse Three, Tribulation. So they they've you know they got to hold this book, and they were like, wow, another book about the apocalypse? We should make this into yet another film. So they produced the original film series, um, which, as I was reading about, the film series just seems to become kind of more and more isolated. You know, like, the original, the first one was actually quite successful, and, like, on opening weekend, like, came number two to Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, so... But the the as the movies came out, they became less and less like mainstream. I think because you know they got weirder and weirder and more and more like overtly like you know, right. <clears throat> you know, theological. Um, yeah, so it kind of got to the point where the third film was like it uh, was previewed in churches, and then it okay. went directly to video. So. Uh, yeah. So that's the third film. So there's some, some legal issues, I see. This part gets fucking confusing, if it's not already very confusing. So, LaHaye, the author of the books, he sues Cloud 10 Productions over their rights to keep making the movies, I think. Presumably because he wasn't pleased with, like, the direction they had gone with the films. Okay. Or just the general quality of them. Yeah, like, I guess not. Like, uh, they, like it, what happened in the end is Cloud9 settled. And it, it seemed that it was basically the terms where it's kind of like a race for production. So the terms seemed to be like that they both kind of had the ability to, to do something with it. But if LaHaye started writing books again, they would lose the rights. Oh, okay, so they had to make a movie before he wrote another book. Basically, is kind of what it came down to. And and did that become this film? <laughs> that is became this film. Right, I see. So we finally fucking made it to this movie. Basically, so one of the brothers from this from Cloud Nine, a guy named Paul Lalonde, um, he starts a new production company. And he's like, all right, here we fucking go. It's time to reboot this franchise. So he, he co-writes a new script, and he gets uh, he gets Vic Armstrong on board. Um, we so Vic, Vic Armstrong about... is the aforementioned stunt legend. Yeah, and just like a funny little entirely unimportant, unrelated detail. 
is the director of the first film was also named Vic. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm That's just trying odd. to find his, his full name. It was directed by Vic Sarin. So that's kind of weird. That is weird. Um, but it also is entirely relevant. But yeah, so Vic Armstrong is 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 the director, and as I as I said, this is kind of when Nick Cage uh, joins the fray. But I think we're gonna start talking about the actual kind of uh, uh, filming and production, and like how the you know, like I said, I'm going to kind of look into the, the Nick Cage story, I think, and <laughs> try and see if there's any truth to that rumor, you know? I, I just want to know why there he... is there is some truth to it, Cause I suspect. This, this is a curious role for him to take, unless he's, like, more, you know, faithful than I thought. Well, I suspect that he isn't, based on... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was it? I mean, first of all, uh, apparently Nick Cage was raised as a Catholic, uh, which this film would probably lead you to believe will not go to heaven. Yeah, Catholics. Yeah, I believe in the in the book series. Yeah, the Catholics don't go to heaven, and like the Pope does, but only because he was like secretly like Protestant or something. Uh, it's okay, weird. So. Uh, so this is uh, when he was asked about uh, the film knowing being religion themed or not he said any of my personal beliefs or opinions run the risks of impinging on your own relationship with the movie I feel that movies are best left enigmatic left raising more questions than answers I don't ever want to preach so whatever you get from the movie is far more interesting than anything I could ever offer when did Knowing come out? When is that interview from? Is that before or after this movie? I think that um, was before, right? Knowing was like 2008 or something. Let's find out. Uh, 2009. Uh, so I suspect basically he just doesn't care. Yeah, I think it's... That's like it's what I got out of that, but... Oh, yeah, did we um, mention... I don't even know if we mentioned the year that this film came out, but I think it was, it was 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, October 3rd, 2014. So kind of towards the end of his most prolific period. Right. Cuz he started kind of doing real things again, hasn't he? Sort of. Yeah, he's he's supposed to uh, a couple movies he's he's in or is going to be in. Uh, yeah, up. and yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, so we'll 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 get more into that sort of detail next week, but I believe we have something else to get to. Hello and welcome once again to Six Degrees of Star Trek. This is the segment in which we talk about Star Trek and the connections of each film to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. How's that gonna work this week? I guess Nick Cage is kind of your only option. It, like, not necessarily. I, not necessarily. Okay. Okay. So okay. Like, so let me let me get something straight. Okay. This film is not good enough to be directly connected to Star Trek in any way. No. 
No, that's that that much is clear from the get. <laughs> Star Trek didn't didn't want to directly touch this movie in any way. Yeah, there's they're like. Anyway, so let's. It just couldn't let's happen. Go, let's start with Vic Armstrong. Okay. Yeah. Right. That makes Vic sense. Vic Armstrong, uh, you know, uh, who's not been involved in Star Trek, was the stunt coordinator for Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> really? That's intense. That's hardcore. That must have had some serious fucking stunts in it. Yeah, well, I mean, any any fucking Tom Cruise movie, man. Yeah, like stunt coordinator on a Tom Cruise movie. That's uh, that's that's some clout. Yeah. So this this film was directed by J.J. Uh, J. Abrams, uh, who also co-wrote it with uh, one Alex Kurtzman. Both names ah, that we've mentioned well. in this segment. Uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, up Abrams out of the segment. Obviously responsible for Abrams' track, uh, wi- along with Kurtzman. Uh, who 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 has continued to be involved in uh, the series, the more modern Star Treks? Uh, Indeed, yeah, yeah. Producing several of the modern series. Um. Next, let's go through Nick Cage and and I I everybody's familiar with Six Years of Kevin Bacon, right? And how that is yeah, well, somewhat related to the segment. Yeah, that was the you know the 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 seed from which the segment grew. So, uh, I actually think that, uh, well, I don't, I don't think this, I know this, I have, I have the hardcore data to back this up, that in fact, <laughs> Nick Cage is a better, a better center than Kevin Bacon. Doesn't shock me, really, you know? The average, the average number of steps to get from any, anybody to Kevin Bacon is 3.164. 3.164, okay, so just over the, three. The average number of steps to get from anybody to Nicolas Cage is only 3.039. Holy smokes. That's crazy. That's like, that's almost a whole point. Yeah, so it should be called four degrees of cage. <laughs> yeah, like that's... I well, mean, actually, again, no, because there are probably ones that take more, but it averages out to three. Yeah, I mean, anyway. he's just been in so many movies that it really doesn't surprise yeah, me that like. Yeah, so uh, let's let's talk about Star everybody. Trek. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through different connections between Nick Cage and Star Trek. There's yeah, yeah, fucking right. Sounds good. Just gonna just gonna roll with it. Okay, uh, Nicholas Cage uh, was in a film called uh, World Trade Center with uh, Jude <laughs> Chicolella. When did that movie come out? Uh, let's find out. Um, I'm, we got to do these rapid fire because there's a bunch. There's a bunch. Okay, okay. Uh, and okay. That Jude, who who I don't know who that is, was in Star Trek Nemesis. Um, okay, sick. We also have Nicolas Cage was in the film Primal with Famke Janssen, who was in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, who we've talked about. Sick. I, I'd not heard of that Nick Cage movie. I've, Nicolas so, so Cage not heard was in Nick Grand Isle with Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer was in an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think we've talked about that one before. I've not heard of that movie either. So so far, these are all Nick Cage movies I've never heard of. Nicholas Cage was in The Boy in Blue with Christopher Plummer. The Boy in Blue with Christopher Plummer. Yeah, I mean Christopher Plummer was in it, so I feel like that's one I should have heard of. But I've also not heard of that one. Uh, I but who was, 19, was... 1986 Canadian drama film. Okay, so this was like a young, young Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and he Christopher Plummer, exactly like my dad. Christopher Plummer's in Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country. Yeah, right. We've we yeah we've talked about Christopher Plummer 
uh, yes, Nicolas Cage was in Dying of the Light with Anton Yelchin, who plays uh, uh, Chekhov in uh, the newer Star Trek films. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Uh, and <laughs> okay, he was in the film Wind Talkers with Christian Slater. Christian Slater, wow. I also haven't heard of that movie. When was that one? Uh, 2002. Uh, Wind Talkers. Okay. Uh, and Christian Slater uh, was in... Which Trek was he in? <laughs> Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Who did he play? Who did he play? Christian Slater. Uh, it was a very small role. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but he was anyway. there. Yeah. So I could I could probably keep going, but that's a bunch for now. I mean, yeah, the the, the fucking goes on and on and on and on. But but Nicholas Cage himself has never been in Star Trek. Which is a travesty, but you know, you know, maybe maybe it could still happen. It could still, it should happen, and I'm sure it will. One day, if it, if he's still as irresponsible with his money as that rumor suggests he is, <laughs> um, <laughs> then then yeah, maybe we'll see him in some some more stuff. Yeah, but I really, uh, I again, just a rumor that I'm gonna look into because you know we're gonna get. I'm know, pretty sure. Sometimes it's true. I've heard it other places. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. It's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah, that's. Man, that's, what a fucking bad movie. And like, this, I, I, yeah. I just, I just want to stress this is like, you know, yeah, like, you could talk about like the theological aspects of this movie, but like, you oh know, yeah, that's just secondary. This movie's bad. Just that's just that's all second. That's like that's got nothing to do with why this movie's bad. I mean, it's got a little bit of something to do with it, but it's like. You it's could just write a, you could write several books on why this movie is bad without talking about it. Exactly. It's like <laughs> like it's, as, it's aside just from like that, it's so really bad. fucking terrible. Like just really stiff performances. Makes no fucking sense. Nothing happens. It's just no good. Yeah. Like lit like yeah, down the list, the only reason and I honestly found myself slightly entertained at moments, but just because of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And, like, th- you know, that speaks to Nick. Really fucking, does. You know, Deserves an Oscar. He really does. Yeah. Really does. So, is that all we have for this week? Is it? Seems like a light it's week. It. <laughs> it is a light week, yeah. I, I uh, kind of blew through that information. I thought it would take longer. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there you have it. Um... We'll uh, yeah, shout out to uh, our listeners in uh, Ukraine. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fucking right. Fucking right. Uh, yeah, so next week we're going to talk about, you know, <clears throat> the actual filming. I think we're going to talk about uh, uh, how Nick Cage came to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll and do our special segments yeah, we get to the bottom. We're gonna fucking get to the bottom of yeah. something or other. I mean, like, Lord knows at this point. I'm, I'm sure he does. <laughs> Gosh darn! You got, <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Sleep in bed, she hears a voice and turns her head, he's gone.